Hi, this is Nancy Miller from My Creative Life, and today I have Marsha Lott with me, who is a fantastic um, watercolor artist, and she is a retired teacher. She's taught graphic design and fine arts, AP Art Studio, so I'm so glad to have Marsha here today. Um, Marsha, thank you for being on my podcast. Thank you, Nancy. I'm glad to be here. Great. Well, could you tell my audience a little bit more about yourself? Well, I am a teacher. I have taught 34 years. I have taught many places. I've taught middle school and high school. I've taught at Georgia Southern University. I taught at, um, in Texas, uh, 2D Design um, Studio, AP, and I loved it. Um, loved Texas. Loved Georgia. Um, and I just... I have four kids, which has kept me busy, so I have not painted continuously for all those 34 years uh, as I was teaching, um, but I had to stop and do children, and then I picked it back up and started over, and um, and now I am a watercolor painter. Oh, that's um, fantastic. I've seen your watercolors, and they are just so beautiful, uh, and I... Mm -hmm. Um, I can tell that the amount of skill and effort, you know, you make it look very effortless in what you do. So, um, yeah, I hope you'll share some of your tips with me on how you get your work looking like that. Um, well, my next question is, can you describe the first time you remember making art? I do. I remember it, um, second grade. Second grade was the first memory I could pull up and... Um, I'd, I've always done um, lots of art in as I grew up through school. Um, my mother was very interested, and she was a school teacher, so she always um, provided what we needed for doing what we wanted to do in art. Um, I drew my first real drawing was in second grade, and it was a little girl feeding the birds in the winter time and that was me out in the in the yard feeding the birds and my teacher in second grade picked that out put it on the bulletin board and that was the beginning of where I started and my interest grew from there uh, and and I as a teacher I always put kids work up I always bragged on it and displayed it and thought it was very important and as I talk to my students now uh, run into them all the time um, everywhere even in Miami I would show up and I'd see my kid in, in a McDonald's um, they always explained to me how important it was that I made them feel with their art and um, so that that's where it all stemmed from um, what's your favorite type of art to create? My favorite is watercolor. Um, I do oil. I had a I have a Dallas studio uh, gallery that says they only take my oils. So he said, if you can paint your oils like your watercolors, I'll take anything you have. So I do. So I paint oils for him, and I do watercolors. Um, most of the other other times, and sometimes acrylic. Okay. What drew you to watercolor? What was it about that 
uh, medium that that's a very good question oils um i studied in oils i studied oil portraiture and it bored me and for some reason um watercolor is very challenging most people don't like it most people have a hard time um getting through it but um i worked really really hard with a an excellent watercolor teacher in college and um he made me work he made me work really hard so i found it very challenging and i found it much more interesting than my oil paintings were i couldn't change them i had to think through them you have to think before you touch and there's no um fixing it so I found it a lot more challenging, and as I worked through it, and as I worked through children's portraits mm-hmm. with watercolor, um, it just really was um, my favorite. And as I taught high school, and I taught painting uh, in Texas, my students said, no, we don't want to do watercolor. We hate watercolor. We hate it. We don't like it. And I said, that's because you don't have a good teacher, and you've never been taught it. Um, I said, what do you want to paint? They said, I want to paint acrylics. And I said, okay, well, we'll paint acrylics. Well, we did. And then I changed them over into watercolor. And we went through the watercolor lessons and the techniques. And guess what? They liked the best. They liked watercolor the best. Not acrylic anymore. So it it just goes to show that... um, Teaching it correctly and having a good teacher that can teach it Mm -hmm. um, and not afraid and not to scare the kids with it Mm -hmm. um, is always a a better way to go. But that showed me that I was going down the right track. And so I stayed with watercolor and I loved it. Oh, that's awesome. Well, um, who are some artists that inspire you for your work? Well, that was easy to come up with. I came up with um, Winslow Homer, which was who I studied in college. That's who I studied along the way. Uh, Winslow Homer, because of his loose handling of the medium, because I'm pretty tight. My, my, My instructors told me I was pretty tight and I needed to loosen up. So I studied Winslow Homer. Uh, and it did, it, I, I gained some technique and some skill with that. Uh, and John Singer Sargent, which is because he's tight. <laughs> and because he is so detailed and wonderful. And he did portraits too. And I just, I happen to study in portraiture, but that's not what I do. That's not really what I do anymore. I do okay. children's portraits. Mm-hmm. I do animal portraits mm-hmm. for people that want them, but okay. that's not really what I do. So um, those two artists are two of my top, um, in, they're the two that really influence me. Mm-hmm. I do have many contemporary, different style artists, mm-hmm. many local artists that I love, mm-hmm. many contemporary artists that I love. But these two, those those two artists, are where I I uh, really 
learn. And uh, most people seeing my, it, you have to see my artwork, mm-hmm. but most people think I'm influenced by Georgia O'Keeffe and that oh. wasn't even part of it. <laughs> oh, interesting. So what inspired you to go into the art field? I have always, my, I can say my mother, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm originally, um, my ancestry is Dutch. Oh. So as I studied and as I grew, my great-grandparents, my grandparents, and my mother were very instrumental and very creative. Mm -hmm. So they were very much instrumental in in how I grew through my art. I didn't know there was anything else. I just knew I could do sculpture if I wanted to I could do clay if I wanted to I could paint if I wanted to I could do anything I wanted to and art and everything would be great (laughs) so that's where I I, my whole family is very creative um in in all kinds of different fields so that's where I really got it from I Mm -hmm. didn't know there was anything else I just knew that's what you did wow wow that's awesome yeah, that's so great. I just, I just didn't know anything different. Yeah. Well, that's great. You had such a um, supportive family behind you, to, you know, to keep you going in the arts mm-hmm. and encouraging you to yeah. do that. So, exactly. So nowadays, how do you stay motivated to keep working as an artist, to keep producing? That's a very good question. Some days I'm not motivated at all, and my husband laughed at me because I said, well, you know, Money usually motivates people when you're selling your art. It usually is a good motivator, but I'm not motivated by that at all. (laughs) And he laughed and he shook his head and he said, yeah, I know, you're not. But I said, well, you know, I'm just not. Um, Motivation comes from other things. If I see something that I really am inspired to paint, Mm -hmm. then I will paint. If I'm not, I'm not painting. Um, lots of, right now I have many things on my table Mm -hmm. that I have not started yet. I have, um, and, and this goes into some other, other questions, but I don't know how to answer motivation. Mm -hmm. It is, comes from within. Mm -hmm. When I'm busy, I've got granddaughters to, Mm -hmm. to do with, I've got house stuff to do I've got friends that want to go camping I have you know family that wants to go to the beach and I just I have to set that aside sometimes and then I have to make time uh, and I have to treat it as a business at the end the end of the day I have to look at what I'm going to do and I can treat it like a business and sit myself down and just do something each day or each every other day to to get to keep it going mm-hmm. because I get off track really easy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't blame you. I'm the same way. I'm like I get uh, yeah. too many things yeah. going on. Get, yeah, get off track yeah. really easy. And creative people do that. Mm-hmm. And I always taught students mm-hmm. that you know. They would get off track, and they were the ones that had a hard time with math, and they had a hard time with um, some of their classes. But, and I do the same thing. I get so 
off track that I have to bring myself in. Motivation is one of those things that's really hard because sometimes I'm not motivated and sometimes I'm real motivated, but I've got too many other things to do. So it just depends. It's life. It's the way it goes. That's true. (laughs) Well, and I was curious, so how do you find, because how did the galleries that you mentioned that will take your oils and your water, how did they find out about you? Um, You know, how do you connect with those galleries? Well, just by chance, um, I go down, I look, and um, the the oil gallery in Mm -hmm. Dallas, um, we had a very nice um, non-profit auction Mm. one time, and I took one of my watercolors down Mm. um, to be in it. I gave it away for auction. Mm -hmm. And when he looked at it and he saw it, he said, do you paint oils? And I went, no, I'm really a watercolor painter, but I, you know, I, I paint oils. I just don't do it a lot because, um, with four kids running around the house, it's not a really fun thing to do. So I stick with my watercolors. And so he said, if you could, if you could bring me some of your watercolors and if you could paint um, you know, like that in oil, I would take anything he had. So I gathered up my stuff and I carried a bunch of, of my watercolors down to him. And he said, and this was very interesting to me because I always wondered, I never called myself an artist. Um, as I was a teacher, I never called myself an artist because I was an art teacher. However, when he saw my work and he said, an artist is someone who can paint in different styles, in different media, in different ways and express um, what you're trying to express. Mm -hmm. And I said, so what does that mean in your in your world of gallery? You know, and he said, everything you painted and brought me in watercolor if you could do this in oil, I would take it all day long. And so I thought, but what if I don't want to paint in oil? Maybe I'll just take it somewhere else. But then I, then the money starts talking and then you go, Oh, well, okay. So I got together. um, I spent a summer doing about three large florals, big florals. And they were, 40 by 60 and he took them all and he sold them and the money was good. Um, so, you know, but yet here we go again for motivation. I have not touched oils again in the past 10 years and that's 10 years ago, but see 10 years has passed. I have been working. I've been teaching. I've been, um, in graphic design. I've been, at the colleges at, at Georgia Southern. And I had been all over the place doing all kinds of different things. Mm-hmm. So there was not any time to get him something. But the next time I send him something, he'll take it. Oh nice. So we just stay in contact. And then I have a I have a luckily I have a um, gallery in Seward, Alaska, mm-hmm. which I just happened to have taken five or six of my 
uh, watercolors of seals and otters and um, puffins that I had painted for um, a man in St. Paul Island uh, in the Barren Sea. And I just happened to have them with me, so I took them over and I said, I just want you to look at these and see if this would be She looked at it and she said, I'll take them. Oh, nice. And so now I have a I have a um, gallery in Seward. Wow, that's amazing. So, um, what? So, is there anything currently that you're working on that you've had time to kind of start uh, another watercolor? I have seven, oh. seven things. Wow. Now, with watercolor, yeah. you start them. Yeah. You start one, you let it dry. You start yeah. another one, you let it dry. You start another one, you let it dry. You start another, you let wow. it dry. You keep about four or five going at a time. Wow. And so, I don't, I don't paint just one at a time. I have about seven paintings right now that are due that I need to get done wow. but they will not it won't happen until um maybe the middle of July when my granddaughters go home to Alaska <laughs> wow that is some that's serious motivation like I've never had that many pieces going at one time well it's just that they're due they need to get done they've been waiting on them and I need oh. to get them done Gotcha, gotcha. So that's motivation. <laughs> <laughs> so where's your favorite place um, to look at art when you get a chance to? Really, I like to go to the museums, mm -hmm. but when you're working and you're running around and doing everything else, um, yeah. the internet, I would yeah. say, is my favorite because I can see everything. Yeah. I can see a lot. I can get a lot of inspiration. I can get a lot of ideas. Um, I do a lot of different styles of work, uh -huh. so I, I like looking and seeing what um, is popular and what, what people are doing. Oh, that's great. So, um, what's something that you find is indispensable in your <laughs> studio that you just can't live without? The one major thing that came to mind when yeah. I do my drawings oh. is an eraser. <laughs> <laughs> And the eraser, Same. I love my erasers. <laughs> I have my favorite one says delete on it. Uh, and it's, um, I like all kinds of erasers. I like um, all the kneaded eraser. I like the gum eraser. I like the vinyl erasers. I like, um, but that is your best friend. <laughs> that is your best friend. I tell you, that's the truth. I know. I've been starting these um, drawing, uh, this drawing class for illustrators, and I've had to, like, it was so, like, pushing myself to go, like, oh, my gosh, I'm on drawing number 10, you know, and I'm, like, having to erase. I was like, okay, I can do this. I can finish this number 10 drawing. You know, I get, I can do this. <laughs> it's like, you just And you got to have that erase yes. or you don't keep going. No, no. So, um, what's something you would have wished um, somebody had told you when you were first starting out as, like, you know now from the years of experience as an artist, um, something you wish um, you could go back in time and tell yourself that would be helpful? Well, I thought about a lot of it because I had a business, I had an art gallery, oh, and wow. I had um, a frame shop, so I, I went from teaching and then I got into 
gallery and a frame shop. Wow. And then I jumped back out of that into teaching again. And wow. then I jumped into with my husband. He's a photographer. So I jumped with him mm-hmm. into doing shows and doing galleries, oh, and ha- you know, having a gallery and doing shows and um, running all over the place on the weekends. Uh-huh. But the best thing and the the most important thing is that I I know and I know now oh, what's um, I learned an awful lot doing my my gallery business okay. with financing and uh, pricing and making sure that you know what people like and okay. you've got you've got what you need and not overspending. But uh, where I am now and with what I do, we have, you have to look at your inventory and you have to look at where you're selling. The art market is so fickle and it's such a roller coaster ride Mm -hmm. for, for selling your work Mm -hmm. that as I got out of college and I saw what was going on, um, I just never ever thought that I would just do art for a job. I always had a backup job. I always had a day job. Mm-hmm. And then I always did my work and I always sold it. I always sold. And the one thing I told one of my galleries, I said, I always sold my watercolors. Uh-huh. I've always sold my work. Mm-hmm. I'm never afraid of what I'm doing because mm-hmm. um, it always sells. If I like it, I'm I'm going to sell it. But if I'm doing something that I'm not really sure of, then that's the one that's never going to sell. So I learned that if you stay true to yourself, if you like what you're doing, if I I changed in midstream and I did from watercolor, I started paper sculpture. And I did paper sculpture. And I had everybody grabbing those up like 90 to nothing. They're harder. And they cost a little more, sure. um, but they're gorgeous. And so I thought, well, you know, you never know. So you just have to try different things. You have to do what you like and what you can do. Um, and somebody's going to buy it. Somebody's going to like it. I never have ever been where I have not sold uh-huh. what I have. Uh-huh. So that's one thing that you just have to stay true to yourself. Mm-hmm. You just have to find galleries or f- do shows. Um, we do weekend shows. Oh, wow. And actually, that's the best really? where we are right now is the best uh-huh. is doing that. The galleries want to mark up your uh, prices higher. Uh-huh. Um, most people, I think, I think, mm-hmm. understand that festival art Yeah can be bought at a lower price because okay. you don't have that gallery middleman. Oh. You see? Yeah. So if they understand that, yeah. um, the prices at the shows and the festivals mm-hmm. are lower price and it's not marked up. Gotcha. As a gallery would. Now, yeah. This is a great point. that you, How do you know how to price yourself? I mean... You know, for that kind of work, I haven't really done um, any, per se, like, commission pieces. I've always done, like, as an illustrator, somebody has a job, they kind of just say, 
well, this is what we have budget for. Do you want to do it for that amount? Then you sign a contract. But as for as a gallery, do you have like, um, like, I don't know, like, how do you know? Or does the gallery just kind of tell you like, this is what we sell our pieces for on average? No, usually um, you'll look at everybody. If you're like, I was in the gallery with 31 other artists Mm -hmm. and some of the artists had $1,250 on their pieces, but Maybe I had um, maybe I had eight hundred on a piece or nine hundred on a piece, but the way you price, um, I was told a long time ago by a very wise artist, um, she would always price her work to size. So if you had eleven by fourteen, and it took you you know reasonably two days to do it then it should be um, a certain price. So if it was 200, 250, then that really has, what, 24, 48 hours of time put in. You have to look at time and, and, and size. So with that in mind, she always did watercolors. Mm-hmm. She always had 11 by 14 to 16 by 20 to 24 like a half a sheet, she'd go half a sheet of watercolor paper and a whole sheet of watercolor paper. And they all had the same price because she did the same amount of time and work on that. So the way I, I do is if I sit down and I paint 11 by 14 Mm -hmm. uh, original watercolor, Mm -hmm. it's $250 Mm -hmm. and that's never changes. Mm -hmm. If it takes three days, it goes up. If it takes one day, it goes down. And that way, I've got at least $125 a day in that to cover the hours that I put in. And that's cheap. (laughs) Yeah, that is. Because I was like, they're beautiful, your watercolors. And I can't believe you, you work that fast or you're just working like, constantly in two days to get that done no, because I, sit, I, I can sit for eight hours oh. I don't move wow. I don't move and I do I can sit and do um an 11 by 14 in two days wow I can draw it start it I draw it I start it and I let it dry that night uh-huh. and then I get back and I go eight hours straight with detail wow man you're fast that's what I do. <laughs> wow, that is fast because I I've had I did a, not yeah. used to be that yeah. fast, and that takes age, uh-huh. and that takes time, and it takes experience. Yeah. But um, that's how I ended up pricing things. And you can look at what other people, like the gallery people, would say. Well, now your eleven by fourteens are a little, you know, too high or too low, and this is what everybody's charging for a print. Now we do prints. So you have to look at originals versus prints. The prints Uh for 11 by 14, no matter what it is, 11 by 14 is $45 to $60. It depends on what it is, who prints it. Because I don't, I don't charge. If I have one printer that's higher, but it's a better quality. And I have one that $45 looks great. Yeah. But it's forty five dollars. Oh. So 
It's just it depends on who prints it okay. and who I can get. Wow. So you just have to, you have to, that's a, that's a dance around um, production and cost. Yeah. You have to look at cost and you have to look at your time mm-hmm. and you have to look at what it's going to cost you pr- to produce it. And uh, if it's just a matted mm-hmm. piece, mm-hmm. a print, then it's one thing. If it's a, a matted original, it's one thing. If you want to put a frame on it, what we do is we don't really charge for labor on framing because we both do the framing. Um, we charge the cost of the materials, wow. and that saves that person a wonderful amount savings. of money. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I went to Michael's and asked them, can you cut this mat for this? Is just a sheet of mat board. They were like, well, we charge a dollar per cut. And then I was like, well, I just need to cut here. Oh, well, that's technically every time you cut it, then it's like becomes a second. Cut. So it was just like by the end of it, I was like, I'm going to spend $16 to get you to cut it this way because each one was. I was like, mm-hmm. no, I'll just do it at home. No, thank you. So, yeah. I mean, there is, I mean, that's fantastic. You do that for your customers. Like I have been interested, I was, um, like you mentioned those festivals and things like that. Mm-hmm. I've been like, um, interested maybe cause like I saw just this year and I didn't participate, but I, and I meant to go out there, but Skidway, um, Skidway Island had an arts festival that, mm-hmm. um, I don't know what it costs, but I didn't see, this is the part where I'm used to as an illustrator, you just kind of go find work and that is a very different type of environment of selling. I did the Savannah Children's Book Festival and that was that was actually profitable. I was surprised, but it was very, I wasn't used to talking to people. That was definitely new um, and ask, answering lots of questions, but it was actually a lot of fun and I covered my costs and made a profit. So then it made me think, well, maybe I could try to do this at like something like Skidaway, sell my books that I've illustrated, sell some prints and cards, but I was like, how do you know when, because they usually have some kind of fee, they'll, they'll say you've got to pay this fee for your table space or whatever. How do you, right. how do you know that you're going to make above and, but do you go and scout these or do you just go and then you just try it and see whether it's going to work for you or not? There is a, there is a large festival magazine um, that oh. comes out that once you're in the business, you, you know that. And you can look online. Um, it's a, a large festival, and it tells you every festival wow. in the United States, when it is, how much it's going to cost. Okay. Some are jewelry, some are not. Okay. Some are cr- arts and crafts shows. Some okay. are art shows, art, fine art festivals. Okay. And um, they're, they're either run from 125 a, a, a space to 450 a space and what guarantees you nothing the may rain three days uh in a row or it may be sunshiny three days in a row it may have wind that blows your tent down or it it may flood till you're standing in your tent up to your knees which has happened gotcha there is no guarantee um, it's just meeting people or fun. Uh, that's what we like okay. is talking to the people that come by and enjoy your work. Uh, we've gotten orders a lot from our pieces. Um, instead of buying them right there, 
um, we educate the people to understand um, the pricing and the pieces and the work it takes to do what we do. Um, and that's, that's a lot of it is education and making them understand because they can go down like four tenths and they can see a photograph that's similar to ours uh -huh. at six, well, I say 18 by 24 photography piece. Uh -huh. And it would be $500, $700 where ours are 125 Why is that? It's because we can print them for that and frame them for that wow. and have them enjoy it for that yeah. instead of spending so much money yeah. on it. Because when I did the Savannah Children's Book Festival, some of the customers had said, oh, if um, you had prints, I would have bought them. And I was like, really? I never thought of that. And so yep. I um, got like, and I don't know if I jumped the gun on this, but I went ahead and I got a, because of the sales tax, I, you know, stuff like that. Like I had to find out how to get a business license in Chatham County so that I could yep. get a sales tax thingamajig certificate mm -hmm. because like certain festivals, if you didn't have the sales, because I guess they get fined because if they, whoever the people are that go around right. and check for these things, I guess they get fined for it. So it was like stuff like that. I never learned in school. You know, I went to art school and they never really, I feel like, you know, it was a great experience. I really enjoyed all my classes, but I felt <laughs> Me like too. The, the business side of it, I felt like that was really something that I was never aware of. Like, I didn't know, you know, I mean, as an illustrator, I don't need a, a business license. I mean, cause that's just a service, but once you yeah. start selling like actual products, it became right. a whole different thing and I was like oh and so um yeah I, I am interested like I would like to try the Skidaway um arts festival next year and then I looked at one which I had just saw on Facebook but there was one in Hinesville but I don't know that it was quite an arts festival I think it might have been more of a, a flea market thing so right. I mean it's been hard kind of figuring out like where you find these venues and then also um thought about maybe just like Facebooking message or Instagram messaging well, people about where a, they show that's a their good stuff. idea because like my husband yeah. does consulting and he will teach and talk oh. about this kind of business wow. and I will too um, to educate anybody that wants to know how to do or understand the business because we jumped in uh -huh. Uh, we jumped into doing shows. Uh -huh. Nobody told us how, what to do, except he was managing a lot of shows. Uh -huh. And so he already knew. Okay. He managed, uh, he he was the um, director of the Waterfront Association in uh -huh. Savannah. So he did all the first Saturday shows, really? all the shows, okay. all, all the art shows and fine art wow. shows that were down in, on River Street. He did that. So we uh -huh. kind of learned that way and we we kind of jumped in and uh knew what to expect and knew what to do and talking to other vendors there will tell you where the best places are to go some things um like bluffton is an awesome place to go oh. fernandina beach is an awesome place to go saint augustine is an awesome place to go um those are some of our favorite haunts and that's what we like to do. Wow. So 
you never know about weather. You have to be careful. There is no guarantee. Some people are very mad when they go for the weekend and they don't even make enough money to pay for their tent fee. Wow. Yeah. So some of these people, now, this just for information, some people go and schedule every single weekend of the year. And that's what they do for a whole year. And they go to these shows every weekend and they do what they do. You just have to figure out, have enough print. People will buy prints uh, when nothing else is there. So... So do you have a class that you teach on this? Because I was like, this would be fascinating. I would pay to take a class from you and your husband. Like, how do you, you know, because I think, um, well, I, I've read a lot online. And I've been like, um, but do you guys offer a class like in Savannah teaching people like how to do this? Or is it just? We haven't, but um, that would be a possibility if we could do it through some something. Um, or come to maybe a class. One of your, I don't know, there should be, there should be um, something. Um, he's now, what he's doing right this minute is consulting down in Douglas, Georgia with the Chamber of Commerce because he was Chamber of Commerce in Effingham. Wow. And he's teaching them, he's teaching the Chamber people how to put on shows wow. and how to do the shows okay. and how to make money and how to not mess up and how yeah. to get your beer license and get your get your food vendors and how to set it up. That's what he does. Wow. And that is his, he, 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 um, he can be, he can be hired <laughs> for really a job. Cool. That's really cool. <laughs> I mean, it's just fascinating. Cause that's something that even like in school, I would never have known that you could, you know, do that side uh, as mm -hmm. an art career or like that's viable because it's just like, I don't know. Everything I learned was just either more, you know, just, make it and then you find you know art directors or whatever and then they hire you for a job and then I worked in graphic design and that was that was great that was actually where I learned a lot when I was actually professionally working and then right. I learned so much but like this whole area it's just something that is completely different and I don't know it just it seems like it's a mystery and I always like go like mm -hmm. I wish like um in school like I know they always push like you you have quality work if you have good work then it's all easy but then I've I've met people who I was like they had good work I mean I, I, my work could always be better but like it was a lot of work just to get my you know just get my foot I felt like in the door right. or like it was a it lot is. of it is and yeah. and um that's why they don't tell you but see, yeah. like when I, I see, I'm a graphic designer uh -huh. and when I work on logos and when I work on anything graphic design and I'm working for in, I just finished a logo oh, wow. uh, for a company in Alaska Oh, cool! and you know, I yeah. just did what they wanted. Yeah. I did that when we went back and forth, back and yeah. forth until we had the logo yeah. ready to go and they were yeah. happy with it. And there's that kind of work. And then there's me doing watercolors yeah. that I want to do, and I put them out there to sell. Uh -huh. Two totally different yeah. marketplaces. And so that is that is a, a learning 
Well, you ha when you do a festival, you have to have a tent. Mm -hmm. You have to have a certain size tent. You have to. Mm -hmm. It has to meet specifications. You should have some weights that hold it down so it doesn't blow away. See, I wouldn't even think of that. Um, you have to have a lot of stuff. Yeah, wow. And so that that I can talk to you yeah. Um, yeah. about. Yeah. Um, but that's yeah. one thing that people need to ask. Yeah. We, what we used to do is just go to the festivals and talk to the vendors and say, you know, which tent do you like the best? Which, uh, you know, which lighting system do you like the best? Which wow. which walls do you like the best? And I found a tent that I liked, and it yeah. has worked until now. And now yeah. we're going to probably find something different that's much lighter for us mm -hmm. to put up. Um, because this one's really a gorgeous tent, but it's too heavy uh -huh. for us now. So as we get older so <laughs> so we want something lighter yeah. and um so anyway you know there, you just ask and yeah. it's a lot of talking it's a lot of asking the vendors are wonderful everybody out there is just wonderful and it's like a big family once you get started mm -hmm. and um that's that's how you find out okay so that's the only real help uh except us <laughs> that we can that you can you know, figure it out. Oh, that's great. Well, because like, um, I now that I remember, I did go to the one Savannah Children's book before I went and showed. I did go and I did meet some really nice people. I, I just went up to the some of the people and I just said, "Hey, you know, how'd you get a table here? And what do you, you know, how much did this cost? And you know, what'd you do? And exactly. this and that." So that's a good point. I didn't think about it with the festival. I don't know. It's always very odd because you feel like, oh, well, they're working. I don't want to interrupt them while they're working trying to sell their stuff. But that is the best way. I mean, and then, you know, to get some information and, you know, yeah. that and find out and uh, learn how to do it. Because, yeah, I um, I think I need to hit some festivals, check them out and see what other people are making and selling and seeing what works. Um, but that gives me courage to do it because I think... Um, you know, I have ideas in my head, but sometimes I think they're crazy. And then if you talk to somebody no, else, you, you go find crazy. out and see if they, it's <laughs> just me. So, but yeah. Um, but, um, oh, and then I have one last question, Marsha, yes. for you. Yes. Okay, so this one's a deep question. At the end of your life, you've made all the art you've wanted and you've lived <laughs> a full life. If there could be nothing left behind of your existence but a note you've written with three final truths, what would those truths be? Please yourself in your art creations first. Trust your creativity. That's the one, number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, always move forward even if you fall. Keep moving and never give up. Wonderful. Those are my major things that I, I can hear myself saying to my kids, mm -hmm. to uh, 34 years of teaching art and graphics, that's what I said. Keep moving. If it doesn't work, you keep moving till it works. And you keep moving and never give up. And that's, that is my words of wisdom for today. Well, thank you, Marsha. I mean, that's awesome. And it, it makes me feel good to hear somebody who has so much experience as an artist, as a teacher like you, and you've been able to do so much. Your work is uh, phenomenally beautiful. I, I just go like, oh my gosh, I, I would love to just watch you paint. I think that's one of those things that I if, if you ever have time, like maybe in July when you're finishing up, I would love to come and just watch you paint. 
Um, I would love to have you. I, I found that as like one of the best ways to learn. Like, oh, those are, that's is. how they do that. It's just, you know, so. But yeah, thank you so much for being on my podcast. Um, and I, I think a lot of people will find this fascinating. And I've just learned so much. Every single person I've interviewed, because they all do different kinds of art. Uh-huh. I've learned something. I mean, I really have. I feel like, oh, this is fascinating. And I just... And that's why I started doing this, because I felt like it was very isolating being an artist. Like, I feel like once you get out of school mm-hmm. and you kind of drop into your own thing, those mm-hmm. connections, the critiques that we used to do, this, the just the everyday talking to people who aren't people. I mean, and my students, yeah, they do art, but it's like it's just different because you're more focused on them and what they're trying to accomplish. And so um, exactly. doing this has really uh, made me feel like I'm not alone. There's hope. Marsha's doing it. Marsha's been doing it for years, so it's great. I've been doing it for a long time. Yeah, and it just amazes me because you do graphics, you do the painting and the oils, and I'm just like, wow, the 3D paper sculpture. I go like, this woman has reinvented herself over and over again like um you showed me and maybe it was it might have been kimberly larson who showed me your paper i think it was her who showed me the paper sculptures like really the same person did the watercolors and then this she's like yeah marcia does it all <laughs> and it reminded me of the brady bunch i just want to say marcia 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 but anyways and that's what yeah. i am called all the time because we had we had two of my girls yeah. and two of my husband's boys that we blended together as the Brady Bunch and the Lot Bunch. Mm-hmm. And that's what they called me, is Miss Marsha. <laughs> well, that's great. You have a great rest of your summer, and thank you again. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. All right. Thank you for listening to My Creative Life.